Have you ever wondered about closed captioning and streaming video? Today we're going to talk with Matt Cook from Aberdeen Broadcast Services, next on the Church Solutions Podcast. Welcome to the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by JSL Solutions. The Church Solutions Podcast is designed to help equip you and your church in the use of technology and other tools and services. And now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. And hello again. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Lacey. And I'm Phil Thompson. Good to be with you again. We do this podcast usually every week or so, unless one of us is on vacation or goofing off or something. Good to be back here. We're a company that does streaming video. We also help primarily churches with tech and video and mobile apps and all that stuff. So today we have a guest with us here. If you're watching us on video, he's here with us. And by the way, if you're watching us on video, you might notice my hair kind of disappears from time to time. I have a little uh, background you know, they have these images now. Everybody's getting fancy now that everybody's online. And so you can put images behind you. And so I have an image of, uh, what is it, Mission Beach behind me. And so do you like that, Steve? Do you like that image? Do you? It's great. Huh? I was just well, you? there. You were just there. <laughs> All right. I was just there, too. All right. So let's introduce our guest. His name is Matt Cook. Matt, how are you today? I'm fantastic. Thank you for having me today. Well, we're glad to have you here. So Matt is with a company called, he's actually the, the you're the founder and the CEO, right, of Aberdeen? Yes. A-B-E-R-D-E-E-N. And Aberdeen does several things. One of them is closed captioning. People from time to time just uh, closed captioning with streaming video because we do streaming video. And uh, so what, what we thought we would do today is talk a little bit about closed caption and how that works, why that's important, why that might be something of interest to you, because I know most of us watching uh, and or listening to this are involved in their churches in some tech area. And so first I want to ask Matt a little bit about, Matt, who are you? And tell us a little bit about how you got into this. Well, uh, I, a little bit goes back. I, uh, I started out my career as a civil engineer, uh, went to Michigan Tech, grew up in the Midwest and uh, went to an engineering school and joined the Navy, uh, ended up here in Southern California uh, and went through uh, my Navy career, got out, worked for a headhunting firm and then at the first bubble break when everybody was uh, thinking it was going to last forever, uh, being on the headhunting side, we started to see the uh, the people stopped, uh, stopped hiring. So realized it was coming. And about that time, my sister was a, uh, a captioner and she said, hey, this business has to grow by law. I said, well, it's considering I'm seeing this thing start to go over the edge a little bit. I uh, said, well, we, we probably that would be a good thing to start. So we, uh, we put our heads together, actually sitting at a campfire around a campfire and our other sister, Becky, she was in the, the, uh, TV business, so to speak. She was a audio broadcast person. Uh, she had moved out here to LA and we all said that, uh, let's do it. So we put our hands in and said, let's go. And, and that was the, the start. We, uh, the, the funny story with that is that kind of figured out how much it might cost. We were like, well, I'll, I'll bankroll it. I'll help you guys get started and, you know, we'll see if we can get going. Well, 
Amy said, you need an encoder and you need, uh, you know, a couple other things. And back then VCRs cost like 150 bucks. And I said, well, a professional one, what's it cost? Like three times as much. So maybe it's 500 bucks. We figured we could do the whole thing for $5,000. And I said, well, we'll, I'll bankroll it for five grand. And, um, we put our hands in and said, go and come Monday when we get on the phone and we have to call and find this first beta deck and realize, and, uh, it was $28,000 for one of them brand new. And we were like, <laughs> we, we missed the mark a little bit. I was like, just, was a, little a, little bit, yeah. just a little bit off. So we said, can we buy one of these used? We needed two of them. And we found a couple of used ones for $8,000. So I think it was about 30,000 by the time we got done to get started. Uh, but that was the starting point and, uh, and, and we continue to, to go from there. Yeah, good. How so long ago was that? That was in Sorry, 2001. Steve. Well, you've been doing this as long as we have. All right. Go ahead, Steve. I was just, I was interested in the headhunter piece. You worked for a headhunter company? You said? I did. Yeah, I yeah, was a, you... I was a, I, I got out of the Navy and I ended up going back to placing military officers and technicians into corporate America. So I ended up working a lot of the tech sector. So I broke into companies like IBM and, um, and break in, but I, I broke our company into placing, you know, people into those where they weren't necessarily thinking military guys would go there. So uh -huh. uh, compact computer in the day when they're going through their heyday of growth and uh, uh -huh. a lot of other ones from Apple to a lot of semiconductor companies. So I was, I was securely in Silicon Valley uh, as far as knowing, you know, a lot of the details from semiconductors uh -huh. to, you know, things going on. I live down here, but I, I placed a lot of people there. So a lot of guys that would leave the military and take their leadership and take their tech technical and project management and technical skills and, and roll right into some of these companies. Yeah. The reason I ask is I mentioned I lived in Southern California where you're at now for a decade and I worked for an aerospace firm and we had hunters calling us all the time. So um, I guess you didn't call, call on uh, my company at the time though. It's kind of yeah. interesting how the, the environment changed. We were like, we would sick our friends that we didn't like much that we'd say, oh, this head hunter wants to talk to you. And, like, oh. and then years later, like, how come they don't call me anymore? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I need a job somewhere else. <laughs> All right. So Aberdeen Broadcast Services. Uh, so tell us a little bit about the closed. I know you do other, some other things, which we want to get to. But why is closed captioning so important? Well, um, obviously, we have about 20% of the population, if you look at the stats, that are hearing impaired, hearing loss of some sort or another. Um, and the closed captioning, it was a requirement first started in 2000. So up until then, it wasn't any requirement by the FCC or anything. So it was it was a something people had offered at the time. But um, the FCC put mandates in and as of 2000, and then every two years from there, 25% more of TV broadcast uh, video had to be captioned um, for most of the day. The 2 to 6 a.m. time is still a, a blocked off. You don't have to, but um, it became a requirement. And it's important, obviously, because people can't hear. And uh, whether you can't hear completely or whether you can't hear partially, um, whether you're now in an environment has become kind of a part of the norm to have captions on and you see lots of people that don't have any hearing loss that are using it so it now is a tool for people to use when they're multitasking or doing something else where they don't want the audio on but for people that can't hear it is a absolute necessity so you realize the importance of uh, somebody that 
you'd realize that I wasn't talking and you wouldn't <laughs> be able to hear anything. So, right. uh, yeah, so, you know, that that's part of the thing when you don't think about it until it's put in front of you like that, because we've done some presentations and, you know, people are like your mic's off, your mic's off. And you're like, no, that's just what it's like for somebody that you watch a program and there's no closed captioning. It they're they're left out completely, you know, for the most part. So it's uh, it, it's really important. And when you realize that, and when it's even closer to home, when when you've got family members that can't hear and they see the importance of it, and when you they can't turn on, they're like, hey, turn it on, and they don't follow things and. Um, and even myself, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I think I drove my Jeep without the top on it too long. So I know that uh, yeah. I, I have some hearing loss myself. That wasn't the initial thing, but now yeah. I appreciate it that much more myself. And yeah. it's just something Same that here. has become, you know, a, a way of life that we have captions on at home. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's something that it, it clearly is a necessity and it's becoming more of a norm and culture that it's uh, that, and especially with the streaming nowadays, even with that, what we're seeing with our company is more and more people are wanting captions in all kinds of environments from corporate meetings to you name it, from a lot of these big companies we work with to, you know, people just wanting a, a seminar captioned. From the engineering side of it, I'm interested in, in learning how it's done. Is it a manual thing? Is it an automated thing? I've never really known. There's a little of both. What's the, how, do, yeah. how does, how do you close caption? Uh, I guess we're and it depends on whether it's recorded or live and yep, how's it that, done? Yep. Well, that's a good question because a lot of people don't know. And it's one of those behind the scenes kind of thing. That's like, well, I thought it just happened. And even when we were making initial phone calls back in 2001, 2002, we'd call stations or call places and we'd be like, Hey, would, would you like help with closed captioning? And I remember one time, um, lady on the phone she goes let me check and she goes uh she goes back and she comes back like a minute or two later she goes nope we got it all taken care of and i go you do already and you know because it's in the early stages and she goes oh yeah they uh we just we just push the button and it turns on automatically for us that's that's all we have to do and this was a tv station so anyhow they it, 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 even back then they thought it was just automated and ha didn't have any idea uh but no for the most part there's there's two pieces like you mentioned there is uh the post side which is somebody that post produces a show and has it all ready to go and the way we handle those is they upload full video files to us and we have somebody transcribe them. Then we have a captioner come behind the transcriptionist or we use some AI and some of that initial transcription. And then we're able to place the captions. We're able to make them perfect. It's kind of like writing a book. I mean, all of us have read books and there seems like there's always a mistake in a book and they've had 50 people read the book. Well, we don't have time to have 50 people read captions. So the idea is to get them close to perfect as possible um, with a couple passes and some QC that we do and then they they place them they break them up there's some rules around the captioning where if you break up and you keep you know prepositional phrases together you try to keep proper names together and all this so it it reads properly so those people that are using captions there is a preferred method to it that they can look at it it's easy for them to follow and read and be able to digest it and then enjoy the program as well as hopefully somebody that that can hear um, those of us that don't 
notice that may not pay attention as much or so forth, but there, there's a big piece to that. And that's all on the post side because you have time to be able to do it. And there can be, you know, sometimes with some particular ones. And if we do for an organization called DCMP, they kind of have written a lot of the rules behind it. Now they don't have to be followed, but they write what's preferred because they have done a lot of research on the, the deaf and the hard of hearing that in preferences wise. But some of those programs, like a, an hour program, you could easily spend five or six hours doing captioning work behind it to be able to make it really good. And you could take longer with some because sometimes you edit the content down or if we're doing kids programs, kids can't read at a certain age or certain speed. So we might bring the, the reading rate down to 100 words a minute. So you've got to do some editing on the words and so forth. So there's a lot of things you don't think about that go into it when you're trying to do something for a certain environment or, or an audience, so to speak. So the captioning, there, there can be a lot, a lot of nuances when you get to that side. And then what most people think about is lives. So you think about news or sports and you, and you have more fun because you get to watch the mistakes on there and you're like, Oh, they thought it was that, or they thought something just messed up the AI. And, uh, and the live event is done by an actual stenographer, somebody that writes with the steno machine. So those of you that have seen court reporters, they have a, a little machine that don't have, you know, anything on them other than just blank keys. And they push a number of keys at a time, which represents a, a portion of a word. It hits their computer. The computer recognizes the combination of keys. It presents the word and puts the word in their software that then gets transferred to uh, the encoder to the TV station that then goes on TV and goes out. So that all happens in a fraction of a second. So right. what's kind of cool is that depending upon the the delay in a, in a video signal, um, literally a captioner can be sitting anywhere in the world watching a video signal, watching the TV, using their steno machine, writing it, going back either, you know, electronically or over a telephone line, which is still the way some do, and hitting the TV and going back. So you're like, here's a person watching the show, but within a second or two, they've got the word back on the screen and it's shown back up on TV and, and uh, people are watching it as, a, as an audience. So. Wow, that's amazing. I have a, I have a good friend that's an interpreter. Uh, professional. I mean, you know, and he, he does something similar. It's similar. I mean, he's not typing, he's interpreting, <laughs> but he's got some kind of a setup. He's done, he's done baseball games and other things. Uh, and it's, it sounds very familiar with what you were talking about. And, and by the way, I can certainly relate to the people that can't hear stuff very well because I've become my father. I, uh, I can't hear stuff. And then we put closed captioning on sometimes on the TV just to be able to <laughs> keep up with what's going on. And some of these shows you watch, the volume kind of goes up and down. You know what I mean? It, they'll have some dramatic suspense and then, you know, it'll get loud, it'll get soft. And, and for guys like me that can't hear, similar probably to what uh, you explained earlier, Matt, too much time with the Jeep top off and <laughs> Rock and roll music and all that stuff, you know. Rock and roll music and a loud muffler and yeah, thinking I was it was cool in my twenties. Yeah. 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 Interesting. So wow. It sounds like there's a person in the loop. I mean, is there is, is automation moving in? I and we you know, we're talking over Skype right now and they have a feature right where it'll it'll what dictate or whatever. Is right. there any automation that's implemented with with the pros or not? Not really. I mean, there there is, and, and you can use it today, and you can go, you know, if you're on uh, Teams or if you're on Zoom has an option to be able to do it. Uh, some of these other platforms all have options to at, turn the captions on, and those are AI, and it is what it is. You've, all of you have got iPhones or, you know, your phone, you can talk to your phone, and you can get it. it and it depends upon 
how well you pronunciate, how well it gets. But what AI does not do well with at all is is accents of any severity, um, background noise, but kills the AI side of things. So throw some music behind it, throw some other, you know, all kinds of craziness behind the audio. And it's very, very difficult for it to detect what it is, unless you have a direct microphone. So let's say you're doing a, a broadcast or something like that. Well, if it's picking up just your microphone, it's going to do pretty well. And the AI has gotten significantly better to do that. And there are services that are completely AI driven, but what you're going to find is a, a quality that is well below what you will get with a human that does it because the human can decipher and determine and, and understand things. If there's too fast speed that might not get, they can even you know, shorten things down. They use their process. So when you watch a writer write, you get appreciation for somebody that is truly a uh, a technician, so to speak, and a, a crafted technician and what they do, because it's amazing. My my sister that does write, she at first you couldn't even look at her when she was writing. She don't even get in my room. I, I I'm I'm nervous. I'm focused. Whatever else. And now she can carry on a conversation with you while she's writing at times. And you're like, how are you doing that? You're listening and you're writing. It's your brain. The human brain can do an amazing amazing thing and that's why ai has been so difficult to catch up is because you realize how the human brain does interpret if your ears do process the signals and get to your your head right uh which as you as we get older they don't quite all the time um but yeah it's a it it is an ai thing that is it is approaching and like i said we even use some of it in the transcription but we realize the 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 levels are we can get some good ones into the 90s, but it doesn't account for all the punctuation. It doesn't uh, account for capitalization and everything of proper names and everything else because you got a lot of words that are said the same that are completely different and it doesn't know. Um, but technology is is gradually catching up. Will it get there completely? Maybe, but it's been I mean, a few years ago, it was the biggest bust of the last two decades because they promised that AI would be here, I think, in 2000, you know, that you'd be able to have voice recognition. And it's obviously gotten pretty good today for single speakers and somebody that enunciates clearly. Um, you can get a you can get you can get the message across and it's good enough at times. Other times it throws you off so far that if you're following along and all of a sudden it throws some weird words and it makes your head like, what am I doing? And now all of a sudden you lost, you lost what happened. So it can be a, a big detriment too on the AI side when it doesn't do it right. And then you're just frustrated. Now it just introduces frustration into it where that's very, very, very unlikely with a, a live writer because they're going to make it make sense to get there. Even if they don't get all of it and they're speaking too fast, what they're going to put out is going to make sense. So, you know, even at the worst case, you're still going to get something that makes sense with a, uh, with a live writer. Wow. That's fascinating. So so we, as you know, only work with churches. And I learned something this year that um, if you're broadcasting your services on TV, they're, they're closed captioned. Mm -hmm. And that means that if you're broadcasting your clothes you're on TV and you want to stream to the web, you've got to closed caption your web stream as well. I was not yes. aware of that. Yeah, that's a part of the FCC mandate that uh, anything that is broadcast on TV, if you're putting it someplace else, it needs to be broadcast there as well. I mean, it needs to be captioned there as well. Yep. Right. So, because the FCC controls the 
the airwaves, so to speak. Uh, whereas, you know, you start to get to the web and they don't, they don't have complete control. I guess they can control whatever, but the way that they've written the laws is that anything that was on TV, then it has to follow suit that it is captioned on, uh, you know, on the web. So your company primarily deals with the big players in Southern California and, and that area. Do you deal with, would you deal with a, an individual church? Uh, we have probably 300 plus churches. That's our main focus. So when we oh, started okay. our business, our business started with a, a ministry minded, that that was our whole goal. So as we sat around the campfire, we said, hey, well, we want to do good stuff. Part of the thing was, is my sister had previously worked as a uh actual court reporter in court where you were doing murders, rapes and stuff like that. And she's like, I can't listen to this stuff. And, you know, then the, the captioning, we were like, well, let's listen to stuff we want to be part of. And we were all believers and we said, well, let's build our business around this. And, you know, the, uh, the blessing to us as a business turned out was that churches broadcast 52 weeks a year. They're great people to do business with and they pay their bills almost all the time. So, I, you know, much better than, maybe the Hollywood crowd or the other places we've tried. So, mm-hmm. you know, it turned out to be a great business model for us. Not that we had completely planned that uh, initially, but yeah, we do. We have 300 plus church uh, clients that range from, you know, the biggest ministries out there around the world, uh, you know, and, you know, small churches that, you know, that have as few as a hundred people that may want to do it. So it mm-hmm. doesn't matter, you know, if you're big or small, there's always going to be somebody that's going to need it uh, as far as the captioning and some of our best uh, and most rewarding um, responses are when they realize they haven't captioned before, especially for a church, when they get people in the congregation that are like, wow, I, I, I've been sitting here basically in silence and it, it, they were in tears. I mean, these, these are like emotional letters when people are realizing they got to, to be a part of it again, because, you know, they, they were typically somebody that lost their hearing along the way, or it got so bad that they were missing it. And they realized just the, the importance of it and that how many people that affects. And those, those are awesome testimonies. You know, it, it, it's encouraging for us as, as a, as a company and people that do it to realize, you know, Hey, we're in a business that's, that's really helping people. Yeah, that's wonderful. So if I'm a pastor listening to this podcast or perhaps uh, somebody, uh, you know, somebody, a team leader in the church or deacon or something, and I'm interested in closed captioning, uh, and this perks my ears up, uh, what what's the steps? What, how does this whole work? Uh, how does this whole thing come off? What do I do to make this happen? What equipment do I need? Uh, you know, tell me if I'm calling you. Hey, I want to do is close close captioning for my church. Uh, where do I start? Sure. Um, well, it can be as simply as if they if they broadcast, uh, not necessarily call it broadcast, but stream. Um, you know, if they're through a platform, if the platform takes it, or if they're they're streaming maybe on Zoom or Facebook or YouTube, there's there's different plugins to be able to get to those. Um, you can also add a caption encoder at your in at your your church. So when people do go back to meeting in person, um, you can have it on the screen. So the, the cool part about doing um, something from a live standpoint is that you get multi-use out of it, which is for, for the cost where, depending upon where you are, I mean, it, it, we can get to that, but you're talking between $100 and $200 for an hour's worth of captioning that you can use on your stream that then can get pushed to the different platforms you can have in your church where you're, you know, broadcasting. You can put it on all of your monitors. You can put it just on a single monitor. You can do all kinds of stuff with it. So, and then you could repurpose it for, you know, 
shorter clips and whatever else down the road to be able to do it. So what do you need? It really depends upon Again, how many of those monitors do you want to hit? Do you want to hit the monitors and then push it to a stream? Do you just want to go to a simple stream where it could be as simple as if you're on Zoom, we can connect with Zoom and you don't need anything. You just do your your Zoom meeting and you know, or your Zoom broadcast and you're able to, we're able to connect right in with it. Um, depending upon like your platform, if they want to do a post one or if they want to do live, they can put an encoder on their site. We have virtual encoders, so they don't even have to buy anything as well. So there's there's several options. It's one of those ones where there's a little bit of an engineering involved, depending upon what the, the pastor would want to do. But it doesn't necessarily require any big investment up front. Um, it's an ongoing service cost uh, for a company like ours that would provide the service on a you know a, a weekly basis, daily basis, whatever whatever they would whatever they would need. Right. And just expanding on your point about multiple uses for this, we we went through and did some marketing. It's actually been several years ago with our buddy Phil, and we created some videos that we we're going to use in marketing material, and he strongly emphasized to put captioning underneath the video because primarily because it would end up on social networks and it would people would be scrolling through and and people would be able to read it without turning the audio on and go ah that's looks like something you know he's talking about something that uh, I'd be interested in and so it attracts you know it's he said it's just much the the view rate is really much higher when you have um, the captioning scrolling across the bottom as opposed to just having you know moving mouths talking absolutely no sound. We, we've seen uh, i mean some of the the stats that we've seen are that the churches that have implemented have have grown their membership you know because of adding captioning so it's not something just to do even though if we want to look ministerially i mean jesus said to take care of the people the 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 old the the deaf, the lame, the whatever else. But I mean, somebody that can't hear is very much one of those people that Jesus said to take care of. Well, if you don't provide captioning, you could make the argument that you're not taking care of those people. Right. But even if you do or don't, the point is, is, you know, everybody's going to benefit from it, not just that one or two people that might be completely deaf that you might think of. And, uh, you know, that's the the part where you realize when churches are saying, hey, we've we've implemented it and we've seen a growth in our in our membership because of just captioning, you know, and then if you truly apply that 20 percent number and so forth, it almost you're like, how could I not for what is a relatively small cost in the sense of what a lot of places do to do a production and buy all this equipment and everything else to be able to do that. You're like, wow, it just, it, it has become and why the FCC has mandated it on TV and so forth is because it is just as important as the, the audio levels or the color of video and so forth. So the FCC's mandated captions, it's a part of the video. It's a part of it. So there's a, there's a reason they have done that. So audiences can get the full picture and the full audiences can get the picture, not just the people that can hear. So, uh, go ahead, Steve. We're running out of time, but go ahead. So draw the distinction between um, signing, you know, because several, you know, some churches that we, we have will have a signer in the bottom corner versus captioning. What's the uh, pros, cons? Yeah, the, the big pro is that the most, for the majority, speaking in general terms, people that know sign language are people that were born deaf. So you have most people that are deaf or hard of hearing were not born deaf or became deaf at a very young age where it became a mandatory way for them to communicate either within their family or the the society that they were the groups that they were in where 
myself, Phil, uh, if we can't hear, <laughs> there's no way I'm picking up sign language probably at this age of, of life, you know, not that I can't, and, and, but the reality is, is most people don't. And that's the big difference. So as, as good as signing is, and it, and it surely is a, is a great thing. And it hits people that, you know, for the most part, probably really cannot hear, but they can also read in, in the, the captioning covers the, the broad spectrum where you've got people that are you know, partially or completely. And, you know, then you've got it for all these other uses where you've got the mom in the kitchen that just has a TV on that, uh, you know, doesn't want to listen and wants to read instead. That's uh, that's fantastic. All right. So we're running out of time here. We've been speaking with Matt Cook from Aberdeen Broadcast Services. Matt, how do people get a hold of you? Uh, the best way is probably to go to our website, um, Aberdeen.io, um, A-B-E-R-D-E-E-N.io, so kind of that uh, newer technology, and you can read about us, you can uh, you know, get a hold of us there if you want to give us a call, um, you can give us a call 949-858-4463 if you want to get a hold of us directly, um, or you can send info at abracap.com, um, so any one of those ways, uh, get a hold of us, and we'll get one of our our, uh, you know, sales engineers that are good at putting these solutions together that, uh, you know, really is the key to making it work for you. It's, it, it's not necessarily something you just say, oh, I just want to do it and sign up for it yet. You kind of got to put the pieces together and, and it is a service and it becomes a relationship where we work with, uh, you know, their team and, you know, we continue to make it better and continue to get a, you know, good writer on that, uh, if it's live that they might, you know, understand your area, your pastor, your congregation better, or they get that knowledge. And part of it is, is that they, they do, and it's a skill. So the more you write a single pastor or a single area, you know, the words and you know, the, the, the things that happen in that area, the better the product is and the better the, the captions are. Yeah. You sound uh, similar to what we do. We, it sounds like we have kind of the same philosophies here with our company and yours. So you also, we're out of time, but you also help churches get on TV, right? We do. A big part of our business is the TV business. Uh, so we, we do the captioning for the TV and we have a distribution service. So anybody that is broadcasting on TV and that is uh, that has been a, our kind of how we really started the primary focus was that and and we distribute their programs. So we handle a lot of uh, you know big ministries and small ministries, whether you deliver to a single station or you might go to 50 or 100 stations. We do custom transcoding. So we have uh, an entire software solution we've developed in the cloud that we do it's still part of a service you still have people you talk to account managers and that we make sure that every week if you send us a single program and it needs to go to 30 places we get the captioning done and then we push files to 30 different tv stations make sure they're there and they broadcast on tv and typically do it again wow that's amazing all right well this has been a great conversation i'm sorry we're out of time time here but we've been speaking with tim cook from aberdeen 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 broadcast services a B E R D E E N. Did I get that right? Yeah. And, right. Uh, all right. Good. And uh, this has been really helpful. And uh, if you uh, if you want to get a hold of Matt, you can use that contact information he just gave you. Go to their website, or you can just reach out to us. Support at streamingchurch.tv. Matt, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah. Great talking to you guys today. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. We need to have you on again. Maybe we'll talk a little more about the TV stuff. So, for Steve Lacey. I'm Phil Thompson. Thank you for spending a little bit of time with us today on the Church Solutions Podcast. We'll see you again next time. Take care.